Good morning to all of you, whether joining us in person or online, and welcome to Convocation. This Convocation launches a three-part series featuring each of the three EMU schools. Uh, this morning, social sciences and professions, and in coming weeks, science, engineering, and nursing, and also theology, humanities, and the performing arts. How a university chooses to organize itself may not be a particularly riveting topic for Convocation, but what happens in each of our programs uh, is what is most important. That's where we engage students. Our intention is to highlight various aspects of each school and how each one contributes to EMU's mission, vision, and values to prepare students to serve and lead in a global context. Today we feature the school where I serve as dean, uh, known as SSP. On the screen, you will see the nine programs uh, that comprise our school. There are five undergraduate and four graduate programs in SSP, and each program is served by a program director, and you'll meet four of those this morning, as well as by faculty members and administrative support. We will hear from these four programs this morning, Sociology with Jenny Holsinger, Peacebuilding and Development and Global Studies with Tim Seidel, Teacher Education with Kathy Smeltzer-Erb, and Graduate Counseling with Michael Horst. These four presentations will give you a glimpse into our school, and if you want to learn more, we would welcome conversations with any of you after convocation, and I'd also be happy to connect you with any of the five program directors that we weren't able to include this morning. Thank you for being present this morning. Good morning, my name is Jenny Holsinger and I'm a professor of sociology here. Uh, I'm gonna briefly share with you a bit about what sociology is and what our majors do with it. So sociology is the scientific study of society and the um, parts that make up society, which includes our daily interactions with each other and the larger forces that shape our lives. We study problems that groups of people face uh, in different ways. These issues may relate to crime and incarceration, mental health and health inequities, food or housing insecurity, forms of interpersonal and structural violence, um, pollution and environmental hazards, gentrification, urbanization, immigration, and, and many more. Uh, sociology majors usually have a particular area of interest that they focus on that falls into one of six uh, career categories. These interests may be in health and social services, in work with or around criminal justice, in environmental justice, urban or regional planning and public administration, business and management, or in culture and anthropology. During their junior year, um, social majors do a research project related to their area of interest, and during their senior year, they do an internship with an organization that they want job experience with. A few of those sites are listed on the screen. If you're interested in learning more, um, we have a couple sections of Introduction to Sociology this spring. Let your advisor know, and I will save a spot for you. Uh, that class also meets one of your general education requirements that you need to graduate. If you've already taken intro, there are a few other courses in the spring that have spaces available. There's one on environment, environment and society, 
There's a course on criminal justice, there's a course on community organizing, and there's one on urban sociology. So you can reach out to me with any questions, and I'm happy to talk or share more information. I'm gonna turn it over now to one of our senior sociology majors who's gonna tell you a little bit about the internship that she did for her major. Good afternoon, I'm Andrea Deeds. I'm a senior sociology major here at Eastern Mennonite University. And last semester, I had the great opportunity to be a part of Washington Community Scholar Center, which was a place in DC where about 15 of us lived in a house, and we all got to learn about basically the history of DC, stuff like servant leadership and community development. And the most notable classes that I took during that time were race, space, and inequality, community development, and servant leadership. With race, space, and inequality, we basically learned about the history of DC, and we watched various plays, and we also got to interact with DC and the people that lived there. And the major part of that class was our neighborhood case study, and this allowed us to go out and conduct field research, which is pretty much my first time ever doing that, especially in a place that's so unknown to me. And with that case study, we had to go out there and research a neighborhood and conduct field research, take photographs, and write a major report on it. And it was a great experience for me because getting to be out in the community and be exposed to a different environment was really enlightening for me. The next class that was a big part of the program was community development. And in this class, we basically learned a lot about the different nonprofit organizations that existed within DC. And this class really actually made me think that maybe I wanna be a part of a community development type program in the future. And we got to speak to the various nonprofit organizations and we even had to interview them ourselves. And the last major class for me was servant leadership. And this was a great class because our professor brought in a various amounts of um, guest speakers that came in and provided us an insight into how we should go about our future, like the road that they took to get to their current career, and to kind of ease our worries about having to know exactly what we want to do. And that really helped me because even as a senior, it's hard to know exactly what you want to do in the future. So it made me feel a little bit more comfortable about what I wanted to do. And to supplement that, we had to study how to write resumes and cover letters and we even had to kind of write mock ones for careers that we might want to have. And this really tied into our internship that we had to do there. Now, I went to a community development-based internship at Sitar Art Center, which was a place that was centered around helping youth that were impoverished in the area, particularly in Adams Morgan. And my job there was to be an aftercare intern and essentially, I worked with kids from the ages five to about 12, and I had to pick them up each day from school. And each day, I had to talk to the professor, and they would tell me, like, what do you want to do today? Is there any projects that you want to lead with them? And it really just made me think, man, maybe I want to do this in the future. I met so many incredible people there, so many diverse staff that specializes in so many different areas. and. It just made me think, you know, maybe I want to do this. They taught stuff like music, theater, the arts, and things like that. 
and you really got to see the way in which you were impacting the population that you were working with. And so I would suggest anyone who's interested in going out into the world and experiencing new things to take part in this program, Washington Community Scholar Center, because for me it was just a very big eye-opening experience that I'm extremely grateful for and it's really shaped the future that I want to have for me. Thank you. Good morning. How y'all doing? Hello. Um, on a scale of thumbs up to thumbs down, how y'all doing this morning? Okay, all right, okay. Uh, so my name is Tim Seidel, and I'm gonna talk a little bit about two of our undergraduate programs in the School of Social Sciences Professions, um, and then introduce you to one of our students. Um, these two programs are the Peace Building and Development Program. I wanna, okay, feels better. Peace Building and Development and Global Studies programs. So Peace Building and Development majors, you can, you can see a little bit on the screen here. Peace Building and Development majors get equipped for professional practice in the fields of peace building and community and international development. It focuses on conflict transformation, restorative justice, and understanding constructive social change towards peace, justice, and well-being. Uh, these majors include a semester-long internship to build your professional and practice skills, as well as the option for an accelerated master's degree with the world-renowned Center for Justice and Peacebuilding. So that's peacebuilding and development. And then our global studies major, global studies equips students to think critically, clearly, and creatively about the most pressing global challenges today. So for this major, you get to choose one of three themes to focus on, like sustainability, justice, or cultural studies, and then apply that to a particular region of the world, exploring how those issues intersect regionally, intersect with global experiences and processes, like poverty, conflict, human rights, health, uh, sustainability, and the environment. Understanding the circumstances of a specific culture in the larger context of uh, what we call globalization will prepare you to communicate effectively with, uh, with intercultural competence, that is to say with the ability to communicate across cultural differences, analyze policy, right, through a multicultural lens, and then work to improve people's life experiences wherever they may be. Okay, so those are the two programs that I get to teach in. And I wanna invite Fifi up to, to the mic here too. Fifi is one of our Global Studies students. So, Fifi. Very sensitive, okay. Could you introduce yourself and share with us what attracted you to global studies at EMU. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Fifi. I'm a, oh. I'm a global studies uh, major, peacebuilding minor. I'm from Ethiopia. And um, 
Well, what attracted me most to global studies at EMU is I'm going to start from high school. And um, in high school, I was, uh, we were taking history classes. And I was always like interested in like learning about the world and about people and about relations. So during that time, I started to look up like majors in which I could do all of that. And then um, what I first thought of was archaeology. But couldn't do that. Thought about the digging, and I hate insects, so okay. we're not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then um, I thought about international relations, and then I started up to look at schools that could like have anything that are related to that. And then um, I had this friend that learns here at EMU, and then she told me about EMU, so I got interested, and then I started looking into it, and then. With that, like I heard about global studies, and then I like that it was. There's a lot of diversity in the major. Like it's not just one thing; it's a lot of things, and um, that's kind of what sparked me. And then, when I read more about EMU, I heard about that it's a liberal arts school. And then what I liked about that was like back home, there's a lot of like natural sciences overshadowing the sto the social sciences, but then here I felt like there was gonna be like a ground where they both could shine. So there's a lot of that that yeah. attracted me to global studies here. Okay, cool. And one more question. Mm -hmm. So Fifi, what's one thing that you've really enjoyed about global, or get, or get excited about, about global studies? All right, um, this is gonna sound kind of basic, but uh, what I really like about it is that I get to learn new things. Like in every class, Every other week, like we're talking about different topics, like what happens in the world. But so, like there's a lot of new information coming in, and um, uh, another thing that inspires me about the major in general is that, like I said before, it's very diverse. So it's not just about one thing. You can learn about culture, you can learn about politics, you can learn about peace building. So a lot of that really inspires me. And um, so when I was in high school. Uh, I like saw a lot of injustices mm -hmm. happening to women, and like that's what I wanted my focus to be. And then coming here, I saw that it was just not one injustice that's happening to the world. There's like a lot more. So with global studies, I've just been able to like experience all of that, and that like really inspires me. And another thing that inspires me is that it's really based on people, yeah. and that's what I love about it. Thank you, Fifi. Thank you. Any questions, let me know. Thank you. Good morning. It's a little dangerous to move this thing, I think. My name is Kathy Smeltzer-Erb, and I'm director of the Undergraduate Teacher Education Program here at EMU. And partnering with me this morning uh, will be Stephanie Palomino, who is a teacher licensure candidate in our English as a Second Language program. So want to impact someone's life? Be a teacher. I invite you to think of a teacher you've had who has impacted your life at any level in your educational experience, whether from pre-K, kindergarten through college level. How did that teacher impact your life? Have you considered becoming that kind of teacher who will exponentially impact the lives of children and the future? Teaching is powerful work, 
because it inspires minds, young minds, and creates the future of this world. You can see posted on the slide some of the key features pertaining to EMU's, EMU's teacher education program that I'm going to highlight this morning. And first, I want to talk about what we call our conceptual framework, or how we think about teacher education at EMU. Our tagline is becoming teachers who teach boldly in a changing world through an ethic of care and critical reflection. And we believe that that builds on EMU's mission. In that way, we prepare students to serve and lead in a global context. In our program, we embrace reflective practice, intercultural competence, peace, justice, and the opportunity that teachers have to open new pathways of access and achievement for students in their care. EMU's teacher educa education program is unique in that it integrates restorative justice in education, which focuses on justice, equity, and healing. And that's how we envision school settings and classroom environments. EMU offers 14 teacher licensure programs. We collaborate with almost every major across campus, except those within our own school, ironically. We offer licensure in pre-K three, which is considered early education, pre-K six, elementary ed, special ed, which partners with our elementary ed program, biology, chemistry, computer science, English, history and social studies, math, art, English as a second language, health and physical education, Spanish, and music. Lots of options out there. The week before fall semester began, I learned of five recent graduates, recent college graduates, interested in pursuing teaching. And my heart always takes a little bit of a sink when I, when I hear that. Because the opportunity to become a licensed teacher is much easier when you're in college than after you've graduated from college. So if the option of teaching has crossed your mind, I encourage you to consider taking ED 101, Exploring Teaching, which does just what its title indicates. It encourages you to explore the possibilities of teaching and gives you eight weeks of practicum experience in school settings. So if you're one of those persons that has had that nudge or that thought about becoming a teacher, I encourage you to talk with me or with a teacher education faculty member now before you graduate and have those thoughts later. Many students have the perception that teachers are underpaid. So just for fun, I decided to include on this slide uh, the starting salary in Harrisonburg City Public Schools, and I'll let you judge for yourself um, what you believe about that. But the starting salary presently is 50, over 50,000. I imagine you've heard of a teacher shortage across this country. So I also assure you that if you complete a teacher education licensure program, you will be hired. Um, there are schools looking for you, and in our belief at EMU, the world desperately needs EMU graduates uh, in schools and classrooms. At EMU, we're committed to diversifying the teaching workforce to represent the racial diversity in schools. And this is a steep challenge for us. There are financial incentives available for BIPOC individuals, as well as scholarships and loan forgiveness programs for teachers and those employed in service, uh, in public service. 
EMU also has a NOICE program, which offers scholarships for STEM licensure candidates. And we continue to strive to prepare teachers who will meet the needs of this world. And I'm going to invite Stephanie Palomino to join me and ask her a few questions um, to have you hear her perspective in teacher education. So Stephanie, what inspired your pursuit to become an ESL teacher? Um, so what inspired me to become an ESL teacher has two parts to it. Um, Spanish was my first language, so when I started school, I was an English language learner. Um, I was able to test out in the third grade of having EL services because um, I had really wonderful um, teachers that encouraged me as a student, as a person, um, really helped me fall in love with reading and writing, and they built that intrinsic motivation in me um, so that I could succeed in um, learning how to speak English. Um, and then the second part came from when I did my first practicum. Um, I was very adamant that I wanted to be a secondary teacher. I wanted to teach English or history. Um, and my first practicum was at an elementary school. Um, I was not excited because I was very convinced that I did not like little kids. Um, but I got to work with a group of uh, English language learners. Um, and I had zero idea what to do with them. Um, I hadn't taken any other ed courses yet or any ESL courses at that point. Um, so I found a book that was in Spanish and English. We read it together in Spanish first. I asked him some questions. We picked out stuff we thought was funny or that we liked. And then um, we read it together in English, which was a challenge. Um, but we worked through it together. And in that moment, I like it sounds really cheesy and I'm sorry, but in that moment, all of those memories from when I was an English language learner flooded back and the work that I did with the teachers to like decode words and learn how to pronounce certain vowel sounds that were different, um, that all came back when I was working with these kids. And then I realized maybe I like little kids. So um, yeah, and the fun thing about ESL is that your licensure is K through 12, so you have the option to work with a range of kids. And if you're like me, a person who needs lots of options all the time, um, it's a perfect fit, so. And connecting with EMU's mission, how uh, are, is EMU and teacher education pre preparing to you to serve and lead in a global context? So I'm gonna answer that through um, telling you about a student I've been working with this semester um, in my secondary practicum. Uh, this student is a freshman this year from another country, and he is, of course, an English language learner. Um, he frequently gets in trouble with the school. He doesn't really do much of his work, and um, when he's in class, he's very disconnected um, from what's going on. And so from what I've learned about um, the aspects of EMU's mission statement that Kathy referenced earlier, um, is that what he's doing has very little to do with him and everything to do with what's going on around him. He's in a new country, he's learning a new language, he's trying to assimilate into a culture that's very different than the one he was a part of back home. And that's really overwhelming to process all at once. Um, and what I mean by all at once is like, all of that is happening while he's at school. Um, and so, knowing that, 
and knowing what I know about uh, what I've learned about what Kathy mentioned earlier about um, EMU's mission is that what I need to do to help him and what his teacher should be doing to help him is figuring out who he is as a person, his interests, his likes, his dislikes, his weaknesses, his strengths, and what he needs in order to succeed in the classroom. And so the work that I've been doing with him heavily applies the concepts of like reflective practice, intercultural competence, um, peace and justice. Um, And he's been doing so much better uh, with the work I've been doing with him one-on-one. And I found out that he's actually really motivated to do well in school. Um, He's just not seeing himself represented in what he's learning. It's not piquing his interest at all. And of course, that's going to reflect in him not wanting to participate because it's not something that is working for him. Um, and so that being able to apply those skills is how I feel like EMU has prepared me because I'm aware of everything that's going on with him and what I need to do to bridge that gap between what's going on and how can I serve him best in my teacher practices. And lastly, what advice would you give to students who might be sensing a nudge toward teaching but haven't responded to that at this point? This is going to be another cheesy um, encouragement, but just t- take the introductory course, try it out, because um, if you have like even the slightest inkling that teaching might be for you, um, there's no harm in trying. Um, if you don't take that chance, you're never going to know what you're missing out on. And if you do take it and you realize, mm, this isn't for me, that is totally fine too. Um, But I think our introductory class, um, with what you learn in it and the practicum that you do, really gives you um, a glimpse into what your future could be like as an educator. Thank you, Stephanie. Appreciate your insight. See what you mean. Good morning, everybody. Good, good morning, everybody. There we are. How cool is this? I was a EMU student here longer ago than I care to admit, and I would have loved to hear from the different programs in the different schools at Convocation, so I hope you all are enjoying this this morning. I'm Michael Horst, and I serve as the program director for EMU's Master of Arts in Counseling program. So if any of you are looking ahead to graduation and thinking about graduate work, looking at different careers, uh, I hope you'll appreciate what I have to share this morning and that you'll follow up with any questions that you might have after convocation. I'm one of four core faculty members in our department. The other three are Dr. Cherie Hammond, Jennifer Klein, and Greg Cezanne, and our administrative assistant is Sarah Pace. You might notice that I don't have a student with me this morning, uh, which is too bad because they have lots of wonderful things to share. But our classes are two days a week, Wednesdays and Thursdays for first year students, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays for second and third year students, so they're all in class right now. However, if you would like to hear from an MA in Counseling student, please do come to our open house on November 14th, that's this coming Monday, from 4.30 to 6 p.m. It's a drop-in, and we're in the lower level of the seminary building. So if you're curious about counseling, please do stop by. So the MA in Counseling program at EMU was founded in 1993, uh, and it was founded with a unique mission to train the whole person of the counselor, mind, body, and spirit. And other than the seminary, we were the first counseling program at EMU, which is a neat piece of our history. Uh, 
Our embodied counselor training weaves together academic excellence and the inner work it takes to be a counselor. We bring together the most current research and practice in counselor education with an engaged classroom context. Our faculty use a wide array of experiential teaching practices to train our counselors, including role play, expressive arts, didactic presentations, live observation, and collaborative learning practice. All of that is to say that we do a lot of learning by doing. So of course, there are lectures, there are presentations, there are papers, but we spend a lot of our time together practicing because that's what really helps us understand more deeply what it is to hold space as a counselor. So we practice a lot with each other, uh, with your, your classmates and with your faculty, but our um, students also practice out in the community, doing practicum and internships through field placements like the ones you've heard uh, from others this morning. Uh, our students will, in their first year of two or second year of three, do a 100-hour practicum working with real clients in our communities, or in their second year of two or third year of three, do a 600-hour internship working with real clients in our communities. This is crucial because by the time our students graduate, they have over 700 hours of experience working as a counselor already. We hear all the time from our students that they feel very well prepared to enter the workforce after graduation. We partner with tons of sites throughout the Shenandoah Valley and beyond. All of our sites are within Virginia because that's where our licenses are held. And our professional practice coordinator, Dr. Jennifer Klein, who I mentioned earlier, works closely with our sites to keep those relationships strong and to place our students and to form new sites if, say, students are commuting from further away than the Shenandoah Valley. Our students work all over the place. They work in hospitals, community counseling centers, private agencies, schools, university counseling centers like the one we have here at EMU, and many other places. Those are also the places that they may work after graduation, so sometimes it dovetails nicely from training and internship into working as a resident in counseling after graduation. Our students are trained to provide and do provide individual couples and group counseling to children, adolescents, and adults. So as you can maybe see on the screen behind me, it's pretty small, um, but our goal in the MA in Counseling program is to prepare folks for the licensure, Licensed Professional Counselor, LPC. If you've ever looked for a therapist, you may have seen folks with that credential, LPC, means Licensed Professional Counselor. Uh, we are one of the therapeutic professions along with Licensed Clinical Social Workers, LCSW, and Licensed Clinical Psychologists, LCP. And so if you see uh, LPC out there, you can know that you're going to see a counselor. So our 60 semester hour program here at EMU meets all of the criteria for licensure for the LPC in the state of Virginia. And we work hard to prepare our students for that. If you know that you would like to move away from Virginia after graduation, uh, we also meet criteria for many other states. And we work with students all the time uh, to see how they might meet the criteria for a different state other than Virginia. We are also accredited by the Council for Accreditation of Counseling and Related Educational Programs, KCREP, which is the gold standard for counseling accreditation. And that's important because it makes it easier to get licensed in Virginia, and it also makes it easier to transfer your license between states. So I mentioned just a little bit earlier that our program has two full-time tracks. You can do it in two years or in three years. The three-year track is a more traditional full-time graduate enrollment with about nine semester hours each semester. The two-year track is a bit more intensive, doing 13 to 15 semester hours each semester. Uh, 
Many students report strong success on the three-year track. Some students who come in already feeling very academically successful, have some experience in the field, or bring a good deal of emotional maturity, find a lot of success on the two-year track. So both are good options. Regardless of whether you're on the two-year track or the three-year track, we offer a cohort training model, which means that the folks who you come in with on the two-year track or the three-year track are the same people that you take every class with throughout the whole program. And this is crucial because training to be a counselor, again, involves a process of deep inner work. We need to create a classroom that is safe and trusting enough to do the vulnerable inner work that it takes to train to be a counselor. And that's easier done if you know the people who are going to be in the class with you as you work your way through the program. So speaking of that inner work, we work closely with our students in our small program to walk with them as they do that deep dive, that deep process of inner work. As you can imagine, training to be a counselor requires that you know yourself fairly well, you understand your relationships deeply, and you're clued into some of the dynamic processes that unfold for you psychologically. And so we take a close look at ourselves in this program so that our own inner world doesn't get in the way of the therapy, and more importantly, at its best, can help facilitate facilitate the therapy. Our students, whether they're on the two-year track or three-year track, often share that this program is transformative for them professionally, but also personally. So this is a personal endeavor as well. Uh, you don't have to take my word for it, even though I don't have a student up here with me. You could come to our open house uh, this coming Monday, November 14th, from 4.30 to 6, if you'd like to hear some of that from students. So as you all probably know, there was a deep need for counselors pre-pandemic, and since COVID-19, the need has exploded. Maybe you or a loved one has sought services and instead received a referral list or been placed on a wait list. This is because we have a deep need for counselors and a shortage of providers. So if you are looking for a career after graduation, after graduate school, uh, there will definitely, as with the teaching force, be a job for you in counseling. So if you're seeking a way to bring healing and hope to a hurting world through a vocation of serving others, supporting our communities, and advocating for the voices of our clients, then explore a professional, uh, career as a professional counselor. And you can do that right here at EMU. And did I mention we have an open house uh, next uh, Monday, or this coming Monday, November 14th, 4.30 to 6 p.m. Feel free to drop by. We're in the lower level of the seminary. So nearly 30 years of excellent training, a transformative context and curriculum, and a place that supports fulfilling students' calling and creating a meaningful career has made EMU's counseling program truly special. For more information, you can visit our website. I don't know if you can see it there uh, on the screen, but if you just Google EMUMA counseling program, you'll find our website. You'll also find contact information for me at michael.horst at emu.edu and our administrative assistant, Sarah Pace, at sarah.pace at emu.edu. And lastly, if you're interested, come to our open house. It's this Monday, the 14th, 4.30 to 6, lower level of the seminary building. We'd love to see you there. Thank you so much. And Dave, I think we have time for questions. Yeah, thanks to the efficiency of uh, my colleagues, program directors and students, we have about 10 minutes for questions. Uh, as you're thinking of your question, I would just share, these are all highly regarded programs. Uh, I'll highlight just one. About 10 years ago, I was facilitating a meeting for the city of Harrisonburg and Rockingham County on economic development. And at the end of the meeting, the uh, former superintendent came up to me. I had introduced myself as being from EMU. And he said, uh, 
Uh, Dave, I just want you to know that um, whenever we have a choice, we always hire an EMU teacher. So that's the reputation of one of many of our programs uh, in this area. So we would welcome your questions, comments for any of these four program directors and three students, uh, or about any of the five programs that I mentioned earlier that are not represented on the stage today. I'll give you a minute to think about that. And we have two mics available. And if it's a question for a particular program director or student, we'll invite them to this mic. Okay, I'm gonna do what facilitators sometimes do. Turn to the person next to you and think of the question that might be in your mind. I'll give you just a minute to turn to the person. What is the question you might wanna pose and then I'll invite it back, okay? Please turn to each other and frame that question. Okay, let's come back together. I think we have a question ready to roll. Hi, I'm a nursing major, and so I have no life outside of studying. <laughs> but I really enjoyed tutoring last semester. So are there any programs, like Kathy, you said, if you have the smallest inkling, take exploring teaching. I have no room. I, my schedule is made for me. I have to follow it religiously. Um, so what do I do if I have no time as an undergrad? Let's start with a conversation <laughs> and go from there. Um, yeah, and we often, uh, in teacher ed, often see uh, students coming, transferring or changing their major, coming into teacher ed. So yeah, no, not changing your major. I didn't hear that you were. Um, but if you can't fit a course in, let's start with a conversation and see what that might look like and even how um, entering teaching, what it might look like after college, after EMU, if you're interested in that. I'm also willing to have those conversations. So I think one of the really cool things about our programs too is that there's lots of learning and opportunities that go on outside of the classroom as well. And so one of the things that, so Fifi, in addition to being a global studies major, Fifi's on our leadership team for one of our student groups on campus called Peace Fellowship. So there's a lot of the stuff that we do in the classroom that we're also finding ways to do outside of the classroom through our student group. So I think that's a real, um, hopefully an affirmation and encouragement to check out uh, those opportunities. Uh, a group of Peace Fellowship was just up in New York this past weekend to check out the UN um, and learn about how global issues intersect with our experiences locally. Um, so check out student groups too. Kathy, so we have another question. Um, can you speak to EMU's restorative justice and education, um, both in, within the undergraduate and graduate programs? 
I can tell you this real quickly as Kathy comes up. Uh, the demand for RJE, restorative justice and education, is exploding across the country. And the demands on Kathy Evans and others who are experts in that field is really strong at the graduate level, particularly where we're negotiating contracts with a number of school districts to provide RJE grad certificates. But Kathy can speak at the undergrad level as well. And I could speak much longer than what I have time to speak about that. Um, but one thought is that we uh, integrate restorative justice in education into our teacher education program. We think about it, or you might think about it, kind of in two ways. One is how we create classroom environments. And I thought about this actually when Tim was talking. I think it was Tim. <laughs> Might have been Michael, too. Uh, just talking about how we um, establish safe places for uh, students to learn and to take risks. And how we also view um, discipline, or in the field of teacher ed, it's called classroom management, which is not um, a concept that we're real comfortable with when we think about classroom, uh, about restorative justice in education. Uh, but thinking about how we interact with students in ways that do promote equity, justice, and healing. And at the grad level, there's certificates that many uh, school practitioners, teachers, administrators, other school personnel are participating in a 15 semester hour uh, certificate that is helping them learn after they've been in practice, or what we call in-service teachers, helping them learn about how to make their classroom environments more focused on RJE. I would also say that we're, we're um, Kathy Evans and I are starting to do some work pushing out what pedagogy looks like from an RJE perspective, and are pretty excited about uh, that and integrating that into uh, both our program and into local schools. Someone else have a mic? Last call for anyone to make a comment or a question. All right. Any of my colleagues want to add anything before we turn it over? Well, we're very grateful for your participation. I'm particularly grateful for the students and program directors who shared. Let's give them one final applause. And at this point, Philip and Emma are coming up for the announcements. Thank you so much to everybody who came, and especially to our guest speakers this morning. You really gave some great information, and it's really a fortune that we're able to have you as part of our community. All righty, and a few quick campus announcements. Um, as you can see on the EMU events calendar, we've got a full few weeks here. Um, tomorrow, if you're interested in um, Exploring the education department, um, we have guest speaker Matthew E. Henry coming. Um, there will be an informal lunch conversation um, on Thursday, and then in the evening, a writer's read. Um, also Thursday is an interfaith dinner um, with faith stories and interfaith understanding. Um, that's in the side dining room at the CAF. Um, meal tickets provided for students who need them. Um, Friday, in this space at 7 p.m., is the Music Gala concert. All your friends in the music department have been working hard all semester to make this concert happen. Um, come on out, give it a listen, and grab a convo point while you're here. Um, also coming up Sunday at 4 p.m., um, 
YServe is packing gift boxes for Operation Christmas Child. I believe that's in University Commons Campus Center. It's on campus somewhere. You should come do it. Um, Hall of Nations. Okay, so that's the second floor of University Commons. Um, also on Sunday at 6 p.m., not 8, 6, um, Celebration, the student-led worship service, is in the Parkwoods Cabin with worship and snacks and fellowship and just a good time. Um, so come on out and we'll see you there. Go in peace. <laughs>